0: Welcome to a long-awaited, long-belated, I think it's been like four months, episode of The Weekend Wire. Um, It's been a little while. Yeah, we're doing this over Zoom now, so the audio quality should sound better, I hope. Um, Better than the phone, yeah. Yeah, better than the phone. Um, So, yeah, the NBA, is back. There's been some scrimmages that started on a uh, Wednesday, I think. It's Monday today. Um the real games are going to start on Thursday. Um I mean the the seeding games at least. So there's going to be eight seeding games for each team. There's 22 teams and then the playoffs will go on as normal. So um without and then the the play stuff we can sort of get to later, but um so you mentioned that you haven't watched very many scrimmages ro but in the f- small amount of time that you have watched do you like the way it looks on tv um, um or
1: yeah i think it they did a pretty good job with it um it, it is a little bit weird just not having fans there it's like a backdrop instead sort of like seats which feels a little weird um I, like it, it just it feels different, but it doesn't take away from, like, the value of what's going on on court. Um, so I'm I'm pretty okay with it. I think it's just going to take a little getting used to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, on court, they seem to be playing fine. Um, and I think I saw – I think you liked the tweet that, uh, the like, stanchions, I guess, for the baskets are a little further back. Um, so I don't know how much that's going to affect the players. Plus, like, the backdrop is apparently going to make shooting a lot easier. Year, some people say with the depth, um, depth shooter, I don't know if it's, yeah. yeah yeah i don't know how much that's really gonna play in but uh i mean if it does then again i love the heat so uh, i think it plays into their hands more than anything so uh <laughs> duncan robinson's about to just you know score yeah. like five six three five.
0: shooter um so, yeah, yeah I, I i think it looks pretty good um i watched the first i've watched probably three full games and the first one that I watched was the first I one. I watched the full game. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've watched like the ones during the day that I, when I can, but um, mm-hmm. I watched like the first game that was the Magic Clippers um, game that kicked this all off. And immediately, I, my first reaction was actually pretty negative. I, I thought that it looked strange that the baseline was the same color – or not the baseline, like the out-of-bounds that, that isn't the baseline was the same color as the court. So I thought that, I thought that looked kind of weird, but now I've gotten a little more used to it and I think it's okay. And then what you were saying with the basket being farther back, it gives players more um, runway to, you know, drive harder and get some highlight plays like dunks, blocks, et cetera. Like I saw there's the Rockets-Grizzlies game was last night and, um, and then and the Rockets-Raptors game as well. Westbrook had some crazy drives where he's just going like 100 miles per hour like usual, but he just seemed like he had more room so that, I, was, I was pretty high on that since I'm like the Rockets. So, um, yeah, what you were saying about the, the shooting, I think that definitely plays into some teams' hands more than others um, with the depth perception being different. Um, and then the home court advantage part of all of this is sort of um, unfamiliar. They're doing the virtual fans – or not the virtual fans. There's actually real fans that are going to be projected on the screen um, it's like, three, yeah, it's like 300 from each team or something for the games, but like the home team will have certain advantages. I'm not really sure how that works yet because they're only doing that for the uh, seating games when they start. Um, but for the idea of the actual bubble, we've seen that it's worked pretty well so far. No positive tests. Um, the last time they did a round, which was July 13th, I believe. Um, and well, I'm sure we'll get another report on that in the coming days. Um, we had the, the issue with Lou Williams where he went to the the club, Magic City, to pick up chicken wings, as he said. But um, all the stuff on social media makes it seem like that's not true. The Rashawn the Holmes chicken wing incident. Um,
1: oh, God, yeah. That was yeah. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> My boy Ubre was getting in on that, too. Yeah, Uber <laughs> was like, idea. here's
0: how you do it. It's, never mind when you got caught. Um, and uh, we had the, the Zion thing. A couple other players have left the bubble, too. I think Beverly and some others. Um, and a lot of people's problem with this, initially, the logistics of this whole thing, was the Disney support staff is allowed to, like, come in and out, I think. Um, that was my understanding of, of it, yeah. defeats the purpose of the bubble. But if there's still no positive cases for NBA players, then I don't really see how anyone could argue about this anymore. Um, obviously the data will keep coming in. So they're doing the best that they can. Um, it only costs the league 180 million, which is less than I would think. And I'm sure the TV revenues are going to massively make up for that. So um, oh, yeah. now um, sort of moving on wh- who do you think benefits most from this sort of unusual campus and set up environment in the bubble?
1: Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, It's, I mean, it's almost a crapshoot at this point because there's not a whole lot of data to back any of this up. Um, I think Clippers benefit a little bit from the rest, but I guess they also kind of, like, counterbalances because now everyone else is rested too. Um, I think the like, Toronto loses out from having a home court advantage. I thought... If they had to play, say, Boston in the second round, I would have picked them if it's a seven-game series with Toronto having home advantage. Now I'm kind of leaning back towards Boston. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think even Houston maybe, um, OKC. um, I don't know how deep OKC was going to go anyways, but I think it definitely doesn't help them to now have everything just be on a neutral venue. Um, I don't think there's any team it like helps a lot again like if the shooting stuff does turn out to be true that it is a lot easier to shoot then it's obviously going to help you know the heat um you could see it helping the rockets a lot yeah Um, box even yeah yeah players um but again like i I don't know how much stock to put into that but Mm -hmm. uh, we'll we'll see
0: yeah it's all very uncertain i think that I think you can make an argument that the Clippers are helped the most because in a potential series with the Lakers, they, they're they not going to have a home court for basically any of that because there's so many Lakers fans in L.A. compared to Clippers fans. Um,
1: yeah.
0: I think uh, another piece with them is that when they got Marcus Morris um, a little before the season um, ended, they or paused, I guess. Um, it kind of didn't go great. And I think they've had a lot of time to sort of integrate him into what they're doing. Um, Another thing that I was thinking about is just if there's no fans in arenas, coaches can be heard more clearly and could have a greater impact. So like the coaches that we consider to be at the top of the um, sort of list for best coaches is probably probably, you know, Nick Nurse for the Raptors, um, Spolstra, Spolstra for sure. That helps another heat. (laughs) Um, yeah. um, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So that, that could be something. And then I think if there's no fans, the, just like the shit talking on the bench could like kind of become a factor. Um, not saying it's going to be a big factor, but I think that, um, there's something to be said for that. Um, and then, like, for the referees, are they less likely to be calling fouls and sort of what a lot of people see as a pickup game atmosphere and, like, a summer league sort of atmosphere? That, that was the comparison a lot of people were making. Which yeah, I think like they'll really let them play. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it would help the physical teams, like Bucks, Lakers, um, maybe Rockets too. So moving on from all that into actual um, predictions and stuff, um, So the title odds, um, I haven't checked lately. I'll check them right now. Um, but last time I looked at them, um, the Raptors were about 21 and right now they're still 21 along with the Sixers. Um, I'm going by a odd shark here. So, um. So you are high on the Heat, who are 40-1, to 1 and your rationale behind that, you sort of explained it earlier, but um, can you go farther into that? We've talked about their matchup with the Bucks before. Um, I think we talked about it last time, actually. But, uh, yeah, I, but, you're, but for you to still be high on them, can you explain sort of your thought process on that?
1: I think the rest definitely doesn't hurt, especially for someone like Jimmy. Um, I think that will go a long way. Um, now it's basically like a sprint to the finish line. It's what, a two month season basically. Um, I think it's really going to help him um, just be a lot more productive. And like we've already seen what he can do when he has to like carry a big load for a large part of the season. So I'm excited to see what he can do like in a short little like sprint situation like this. Um, I think that. Especially now that it's such a short season, I don't think like, depth is going to go that long of a way. Um, I know Milwaukee likes to think that it has a lot of depth, but like, I, realistically, that you're only really going to play seven or eight guys, um, especially once the playoffs start. Um, and if you don't have home court advantage, I think defense is going to become a key. I think the Heat matchup, probably the best against the top teams in the East. Um, I think they're – them and Philly are the two teams that I'm, like, worried about when going up against – or when going up against Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I think Giannis is going to struggle against both. Um, Bam is taking massive leaps this season (laughs) before uh, the suspension. And so now with the season resuming, I think he's just going to pick it up right where he was. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I, I think it mainly comes down to the fact that they are probably the most defensively well-equipped team out of the top teams in the East. Um, I think Toronto is close, but I, again, like without home court, I don't know how far they can go. Um, I don't know if they have the offensive weapons, whereas like the Toronto doesn't have the guy to go to in crunch time, whereas Miami does. Philly again, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know who Philly goes to in crunch time either. Um, Embiid's a little tough to go to. Any big guy is a little tough to go to late in the game. Um, and I, I don't know how often you're going to be able to get away with trying to go to a big guy against Milwaukee. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's who's going to beat Milwaukee. And I, I think it's the Heat. And, uh, uh, you know, they've, they have, I think, all the pieces there that mesh a lot better than what Jimmy had in Philly where it was sort of this like you have like four really big names in Philly which you don't have in Miami but you have more of a team oriented you know who the guy is going into the late stages of the game and I think that works out a lot better in the playoffs okay. rather than having that situation where it's like well three guys kind of want the ball but you don't know who really like is going to get it
0: I think that's I think the the point about having the go-to guys the key um if I've I've watched a lot of um, the f- sort of Phillies playoff run and then the 2019 uh, conference finals for the East last year and um, I had a couple takeaways just on the Bucks um, and a lot of people like us are still not sold. Um, I looked at Bledsoe was really bad in the playoffs last year for most of it, um, especially in the conference finals. Um, you're right about Jimmy. He was really good for them last year, Philly. I mean, um, with sort of Ben Simmons was just hiding out in the dunker spot and we can talk about Ben Simmons later and why I think Philly actually has a better chance than they did. So, um, you, you mentioned Duncan Robinson earlier, his sort of improvement has been something that's a small little subplot in the season that, um, I'm sure we've both been following somewhat. So Um, he has he has sort of a gravity now and it's sort of like Steph when um, it's not obviously nothing close but um, it's it's off the ball when he's coming off screens and they're sort of running these set plays for him he'll often draw like two defenders and then just have you have a free you know someone attacking on a closeout or someone cutting that just has basically a wide open lane and that's something that we've seen. Um, Steph be able to harness really well especially in 2017, 2018 with just getting like Durant open um, lanes to the basket and open jumpers. So um, just so we're clear are you, right now would you pick the heat out of the East? I got the heat out of the
1: East, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So (laughs) I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, since Since we were talking about Philly with that a little bit I think we should just sort of transition there to a story that many people are excited about. Um, ben Simmons has been used exclusively at power forward. Um, according to Brett Brown, we saw it in their game against the, uh, the Grizzlies and they did it. I didn't watch the, the OKC game as much, but I've seen some clips and it seems like they're doing the same thing. Um, so they had they put shake Milton at starting point guard. And for those of you who don't um, know who that is, he, he's a i think he's a second year or a rookie at SMU he um there's a game against the clippers right before the season paused that he had like 39 and was just hitting everything he's a super good shooter which is what Philly needs off the dribble and off the catch um, he's just a pure scorer and for them to sort of inject some shooting into their lineup and have the guy who's actually playing point guard be able to shoot threes and we've seen Simmons actually um, hit a three, um, and I noticed that he was not in the dunker spot as much as you would think. Uh, he's he's sort taking
1: of, threes now. Yeah, so. he's
0: taking threes. He's drifting out to the corner and making himself available. And that's just that's just like a small thing on a, on its surface, but that can make a huge difference. Um, also, this this obviously means that Horford is on the bench. That's something that they were doing anyway. I think towards the end of the paused regular season there, but um, so. For them, I think it depends on the seeding um, a lot. I think if they draw the Celtics in the first round, I think that's a great matchup for them. Um, Celtics don't really have anybody who can bang with Embiid and the post, and they just don't have the size and the athleticism as uh, Philly does. And I think you could stick um, Simmons on Tatum and be totally fine. So um, if that's, if that's the matchup, I would definitely take them. And then – Going towards the second round, you would probably think it's going to be the Raptors. Um, that's that would be an exciting series again. It would probably be um, close to what we got last year in the second round with those two super competitive, um, two great defensive teams. I think the Raptors are a little um, more built to handle um, Milwaukee actually, um, with their yeah. with their gap defense and. Um, they just do a lot of advanced stuff with their rotations. It's like these, these jump switches and they're jumping closeouts and just being really aggressive, um, which is not something that you see from a lot of teams. For example, um, like the Thunder are really conservative with their pick and roll coverage. They always drop Adams and um, do all this stuff that the Raptors are kind of doing the opposite of. So, well, I mean, Adams just can't. Like yeah, I mean it, work, it works. It works, but <laughs> yeah, in the contrast of styles is inter- it's interesting to see how teams defend. Um, yeah, so for me out of the East, since we're basically going doing that, um, I think I would take, I think I would take Philly now. Um, just I I I just it goes back to just I I just don't have a strong belief in the Bucks. I think Giannis is obviously an incredible player. I just think. The, the defensive scheme, he can be really slowed down, and you saw it in the regular season games with the Heat. Um, saw it in, with the Raptors last year. Yes, they lose Kawhi, but they still have a great team defense. And I think if the, I think for the Bucks to to have to play either the Heat, the Raptors, or Philly, um, I think those are hard matchups all all three ways um so I, I don't I don't see them coming out of the east no even though they've they've had a historically great season
1: yeah I mean, that, that's the thing with the box like I'm they're a regular season team because you can't figure out a team in when you're meeting them one you know one time every couple of months you know you're not going to figure them out but yeah. you're playing them every single day and you're seeing them that, like they're right there you can see them you're watching them all the time i they're going to get figured out, you know, That's the Rockets have.
0: argument too. I mean,
1: yeah. They don't have a lot of dimension. And like, if, if they shoot you out of the building, okay. Like it's going to happen, but how many times are they going to shoot you out of the building? Exactly.
0: Like, um, yeah. I think, I think with the Raptors, Siakam's going up a level, Dan Bleed's gone up a level. They still have all these young players that they have the best. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to argue that there's a team in the, or an organization in the league that has a better player development staff than Toronto um, for the, all these guys like Terrence Davis to just to name one and Anovi, yeah. um, yeah. I think you'd stick Ananobi on Giannis and probably be okay. So, yeah. well, they uh, have guys they can funnel
1: into as well.
0: Yeah, you know, like last year,
1: like it was the same deal.
0: Yeah, Ibaka. They have a big team. Siakam's obviously one of them. And then the team that we haven't really touched on that much is the Celtics, who. Um, So Gordon Hayward and his wife are expecting another child. Um, He has already come out and said that he will, um, he will basically leave the bubble. And did he say, I I think he said he wouldn't come back if they, I don't
1: think he's coming back. Yeah.
0: He would like leave in September, which is, I think the finals are going to be sometime early October. So that seems right around the place where they would be sort of um, in the second round and critical series with either you know the Raptors or the whoever depending on the seedings play out so you've got that problem for them Um, and then you have Kimba who four months after after four months of rest says his leg is still bothering him which is very concerning people are just starting to say he has arthritis and there's a lot of rumors about um, that being the reason why the Hornets and Michael Jordan didn't want to um, give him the max and bring him back and they weren't too trigger happy on that so that, that's obviously really concerning that means they have to get more uh, minutes for Brad Wanamaker, who if you've watched basically any Celtics games this year is not someone you want playing minutes in the playoffs um, even with Tatum's rise you see that matchup with this I don't know how if a Boston fan could, could look at the matchup a potential series with the Sixers and feel good about it um, that's where they are. If they move up to the two seed, then, you know, they'll probably get out of the first round, but um, I just don't, them being in the finals or the conference finals just doesn't seem like a reality to me.
1: Um, I just don't have enough options. Yeah. I, I just don't see where the scoring's coming from and I, they're not going to win games based on defense.
0: Yeah. Kim is, Kim is not a hundred percent. And the teams that they're playing are have just a, Insane size advantage. I think yeah. that I think that getting Tristan Thompson on the buyout market would have helped, but he just never got bought out, and um, they just needed to add more size, and they couldn't do it. So I just don't. I just don't see it with them.
1: Who and are then, their size guys?
0: Like Cantor, nice. Tice, uh, Taco Fall.
1: Robert oh Williams.
0: Really? <laughs> it it drops off pretty quick. I actually like Tice yeah. a lot, but I don't think he's. Obviously, Embiid is going to dominate him. He's not much of an
1: offensive threat.
0: Yeah, he's not. He's yeah. really better defensively. He's a little bit of a three-point shot, but not really. Um, and then yeah. for the West, um, I think you and I are both still very much on the Clippers. Um, last time we did a podcast, we t- or maybe it was the time before that, but we we talked about the Lakers-Clippers game that was in early March when um, it was that weekend for the Lakers, and they beat the Bucks and the Clippers in two days or three days or whatever it was, and a lot of people were freaking that out. Feels, that feels like ages ago, yeah. dude. <laughs> I can barely remember those games. <laughs> a lot of people were freaking out. Well, I, I recorded it, so I watched it a little oh, bit. Okay. But um, he, Avery Bradley, who will not be playing for the Lakers, um, and I, I don't remember if it was an injury for him. I think it was an injury. Okay.
1: I don't think he just pulled out.
0: So, in the last Clippers game, he um, he had 21 points, um, and he was off the bench. He came off the bench and shot oh, – no, no, maybe he started, but um, he, he – I shot.
1: was going to say, every. he just pulled out, yeah. Um, he had, like, family concerns.
0: Okay, yeah. But um, regardless, they're not going to have him for the rest of the season, and that really um, – if you look at their roster, they don't have a lot of guys who can defend point guards, and he was sort of their only guy. Um, a lot of people have been talking about uh, potential first-round series with the Blazers. Should, they, should the Blazers um, make the playoffs, and that being potentially problematic with Dame and CJ? Blazers um,
1: are scary, man. If they can sneak into the playoffs, they are very scary.
0: Yeah. Um, and we can, we can talk about that at the end with the, the three teams that we think are have a chance. But... Um, for for the Lakers, you have the Bradley problem. Um, LeBron has looked great. They've looked great in the seeding games. They added J.R. Smith, added Deion Waiters, um, both of whom are extremely polarizing players. But,
1: but they can score.
0: Yeah, they can score. They can they can both hit threes, um, which will help because the Lakers do lack a little bit of shooting, honestly. Um, and then for the Clippers, you we talked about it at the top, but um, just Looked have looked really sharp. Um, Paul George in the first game um, looked as good as he's looked all season. Um, I was really struck by that, just effortlessly scoring. Um, I don't. I feel like I've said this before. I don't. Me picking against Kawhi in a playoff series is just not like. I just don't think that's very wise. So I I would yeah. I definitely still have them as my title favorite. I picked I picked a seventy sixers clippers finals. Um with the seventy Sixers actually winning at the beginning of the season. Um I'm changing that a little bit for the for the Clippers prevailing, but I I do think they would be my pick today.
1: Um I just think it's funny how like Kawhi's become the guy that you just don't pick against in the playoffs now. Yeah. Um in the last I guess three, four seasons now. Um obviously excluding the one that he sat out. Um he's just yeah, he's a scary guy to, to play against, and the Clippers are, or at least to me, like they're kind of the prototype for like the team, like the type of team that's gonna win the next few championships. For me, like a lot of big wings, the defense just kind of suffocates you. They don't have like a traditional big, but they don't need them. Um, and as long as uh, Montrez Harrell, he, he was another guy that went out of the bubble, I think. Um, I don't know if he's back yet. I think this morning I was seeing that he's not back yet, but as long as he gets back in, he's healthy and he's fine. Um, I'm not worried about them getting outsized at this point. Um, I know we've both talked about it before with the Rockets. Like, I don't think you're going to outsize people that are playing small ball. Uh, I just don't think it really works. Um, And yeah, I mean, the Clippers, there's not a whole lot of teams in the West that scare me. About them, I think the Rockets, like they're kind of the Rockets antidote. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, I mean, sure, if AD and LeBron go nuclear, maybe, but like, I just don't think they have enough options to, you know, play seven games against the Clippers and come out on top. Um, I think they're just going to get ground down more than anything, um, especially without Avery Bradley. Like, I don't, I don't know if the defense that the Lakers have right now is good enough to deal with the Blazers, the Clickers, the Rockets. Like, there are a lot of teams that I worry about them
0: um, just getting shot out of the building or just, like, they just can't keep up, you
1: know? I'd
0: be, uh, yeah, I would be worried about the Rockets if I was a Lakers fan, for sure. We saw, yeah. we saw those games um, the first time they played. I think right after, first game after they got Covington, um, yeah, beat the Lakers at Staples. I do, I do think the Lakers are still the best matchup for the Clippers, because um, I, I think the... Yeah. The Clippers have, they can go small with the Rockets and sort of have a better version of it. Um, they are not going to have Lou Williams for the Lakers game on Thursday. I'm not worried about,
1: like, I don't think they care about the seeding games all that much.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think, I don't think many conclusions can be drawn from that game, regardless. Um, and it might, it might actually help the Clippers because the Lakers, at the end of the last time they played they really attacked Lou Williams with LeBron down the stretch. Um so that could be you don't really we don't really know how that's gonna affect them yet. Yeah. Um and then a team that a lot of people have overlooked for two years now is the Nuggets who uh there were concerns about Jokic with the coronavirus. Um but he Looks fine. He's way skinnier than we're used to seeing him. Um they had Bull Bull make his NBA debut um in their first seeding game. He looked he looked great. They they tried out this lineup where every player was above 6'9, which is basically the the anti-Rockets, and it was really yeah. interesting to see and they kinda dominated. Um I, I, I do think Bull, Bull could have a legitimate effect on them. Um You think so? Yeah, I he he looked like he could shoot like he could kind of do. Mm-hmm. He could kind of do everything, and I think like as a rotation piece against some of these front lines of these West teams, I think he could actually be valuable. Well, um, right
1: now they're they're playing Plumly a lot of minutes still, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but um, and, like they don't need to. I feel like. Yeah, I feel. I feel like I'd rather have Bobo Bo in there as well. Um, yeah, but they that starting lineup that they put out is not. They're they're obviously going to start Jamal Murray. But um, he, uh, Bull Bull, I mean, I think that's just a really fun story for everyone to watch. Um, and he makes them a little more interesting. But the, right now, they're slot, if the seeding stay the same, they're going to be playing the Clippers in the second round, assuming they both make it out of their first round matchups. But um, the Nuggets would probably be looking at the Rockets in the first round, which would be interesting for so many reasons, but um, just would be the contrast of styles and how they defend Jokic and how Jokic attacks their attacks the Rockets' defense and all of that stuff. Who would but you then, put on Jokic? I guess yeah. Covington. I'm. Just, I guess it's Covington. It's either Covington or Tucker. I feel like Covington yeah. is better.
1: I would rather put Covington on him. I think
0: Covington's more yeah. athletic. I think so. Yeah, and I think Tucker's a better rebounder, probably. So you don't want. Yeah, you want him back yeah. on other guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but then the whole idea of skinny Jokic, Jokic could be spun as a positive or a negative um i think it's it probably think a little it's, more positive. I think it's positive yeah the only the only argument would you just play be, he can't yeah because he, he did get tired in a lot of their second round games last year and he played a ton really? of minutes um he actually i think he did better than expected um relative to expectations he had a really good playoff run actually but if he's yeah. just They
1: had those crazy overtime games games against Portland, and he was out there.
0: The four-overtime game was game three, and he played like 60 minutes. So (laughs) that's – yeah, and he was was dead tired by the end. So I think that will help a lot. But um, a lot of people thought that um, some of these guys would come – some of these players would just come back to the bubble out of shape and kind of really haven't seen that yet. Um, I haven't noticed anything – um, I know in baseball like Pablo Sandoval is like humongous now. Um uh, but <laughs> it's humongous I, I,
1: to start off
0: with. <laughs> Yeah, it's even bigger. He looks like an actual panda. Um oh God. But I just haven't seen that with the NBA really. Um and it seems like players are really committed. Um the scrimmage games have actually been taken like more seriously than I expected. I think it's yeah. it's been pretty entertaining actually. It,
1: I think like th- that's the biggest like
0: workout that they're going to get before yeah. the season
1: starts. Right. So
0: yeah. it's definitely needed. Um, but yeah. And then I, I don't think you, the, the wards are about to come out. I don't think you have any problem with what's probably going to happen. The sixth man of the year and most improved are probably the most contentious ones.
1: Yeah, but It's like, I, I there's a whole, a whole bunch of players. that Yeah. Like, most improved, especially
0: uh, like there are like, Eight people you could legitimately make a case for. Yeah, it's He's, probably going to be Adebayo, but yeah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah. Ingram's got to show. You could say Ingram. I you could think. say. You could say Luca. You could say um, Tatum. Yeah, a lot of there's a lot of guys there. I think Adebayo will probably win it, but um, yeah, so we'll be interested to see what happens with all of that, um, and then. Um, last team we didn't touch on cause I forgot in the East is the Pacers who forgettable are,
1: team. Okay. Who are pretty
0: forgettable, <laughs> honestly, but they, uh, yeah. we, we didn't talk about the Jazz either, either, but they don't have Bogdanovich. So I don't think any, any people really think they're going to make any. Russell. Unless Mike Conley, like,
1: comes back and yeah, just, like, it reverts
0: back to, like, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, yeah, 2017 Mike Conley, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't see that happening. He's been pretty bad this year. But for the Pacers, um, it looks like they were not going to have Old depot, but then now he's back. Um, Sabonis has plantar fasciitis and is considered, like, day-to-day. Um, they would probably be playing the Heat, and we both know how we feel about that. So... But if they if the seedings change a little bit, I think I think them against the Celtics would be interesting. Um,
1: they might go six you know, or seven. But
0: if you're like if you're looking for a dark horse team, there's there's a good amount in the bubble. And um, talked about the Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Rockets, even Nuggets, Blazers, Blazers too, um, Blazers one eight matchup. If that happens, um, could be super interesting with the Lakers. But then. Yeah. They, they, are behind, yeah, they are behind the Grizzlies, and they're tied with um, the Pelicans, who have Zion back now from his absence from the bubble. And um, those, the seeding race between those three teams is going to be really tight. Um, and I, I'm going to sound like a homer, but I do, I do think the Pelicans are really going to come out of that. They have a really easy schedule. And I'm not afraid of this. I'm way more terrified of Portland there, but I don't think we're gonna have to play Portland. So do you guys not play Portland? I don't remember, but I look.
1: Yeah, let me see the, the schedule for all these teams before I like
0: make a <laughs> make a prediction here. I think they have a pretty easy schedule, from what I remembered, but that sounds right. But do we both just think that? The-
1: Grizzlies are gonna fall off.
0: I just don't see like, I mean, either either the Blazers or the Pelicans would have to beat them twice if it goes to the play-in. Right. Um, and I just don't. I, don't, I have pretty. I'm pretty confident in the game against the and against the Grizzlies. Like.
1: Yeah, I, I also just don't think it's gonna get to that point where they're gonna have to do the play-in game. That, I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, so I mean, he, the
1: Blazers play Memphis right off the bat,
0: 31st, so it's Friday. Yeah, Elkins play Memphis in the third game on the third, but they don't, they don't have to play the Blazers.
1: Right. The, a lot of bad teams. Blazers, Blazers have a tough team.
0: Jazz and Clippers, but then after that, it's not bad. Yeah, Blazers yeah. have a brutal schedule as well, which is
1: – Yeah, the Blazers got to play Boston, Houston, Denver, L.A., and Philly, all in the span of seven days. Yeah. So <laughs> – Forgot what – Yeah.
0: It's got to be Dame time around the clock. Um, yeah.
1: But, I, like, I don't know how you just don't get burnt out from that, man. Like, that's that's crazy. And they're, like, he's playing at, like, 12 p.m. on Saturday, and then Sunday at 5.30. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, to wrap up, <laughs> you have you think heat clippers i think heat clippers clippers um, come out on top or heat all the way
1: my rational mind says clippers come out on top
0: but uh i'll say the heat the heat come out that'll, that'll be my
1: official prediction i think the heat win the championship Okay. yeah this yeah
0: that is take you, i mean you That's said take, yeah. yeah you said you're going to be bring the heat i i still have the clippers yeah. i think i'll have clippers over um over sixers but um yeah, who knows what's gonna happen in the bubble? It's gonna be really interesting to see. Um, yeah. But again, games start uh, Thursday, the playing or the seeding games, I guess, and then playoffs after that. So there'll be games all day, pretty much, until the playoffs start. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah. All I right. will say
1: one, one last thing that I did want to ask
0: you. Because my
1: my dad and I were talking about it, and so uh, we were discussing, like, the NHL version of the, the, like, the play-in games where they have, like, yeah, Um, so they have, like, five play against 12, and then so on and so on to get the seedings for the playoffs. Uh, My dad kind of wanted to see that in the NBA, too. I didn't like it just because the NHL was, like, a lot closer standings-wise than the NBA was, Um, and I didn't think it was super fair to have, like, a team that's, like, eight games above 500 have to play, like, a team that's eight games under 500 for a playoff spot.
0: Are you saying, like, they just go top 16 regardless of conferences? No, no,
1: no. They went top 12 for each conference, but they went, like, the fifth seed. Whoever was, like, the current fifth seed has to play whoever was the 12th seed right now. Like, at the end, like, whenever the season got to So, like, for the NBA, it would be, um, okay. like, the Thunder would have to play the Spurs for a spot. In oh. like, a five-game series, yeah.
0: I don't, I feel like a lot of that would just be blowouts, so I don't really, Right. yeah, I don't think that would work as well.
1: I, yeah, I just didn't think it made sense for the NBA with the way that the, the standings were, but I don't know, I mean, it was an interesting point just because like, you kind of have this like sort of gap in between seven and eight in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference the um, well, between seven and six in the East, or like. I don't think either of us think the Wizards are going to make the playoffs. But yeah. Like, Wizards. They kind of bring him in. It's like – so, I don't know. No hope for the Suns? <laughs> I think we'll win a few games. Uh, I think we can go 500 in the eight games. Okay. But uh, I don't think – we we're gonna...
0: At least you get to see him play. Yeah, they, they would have to be like 8-0. So. Yeah. yeah, that was the
1: thing. Aiden, owned would probably still like have to play the playing games after that. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean like eight looked good. Um and everyone else like, Bridges seemed to have taken a lot of strides. So Yeah, Bridges is,
0: uh, uh him I, I saw a clip of him like completely without and that was really yes, cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yes, sir. Yeah, he just needs to like shoot more and have a little more yeah. confidence
1: um yeah he's going and like that's the main thing for like a team like us we're young enough to the point where we're like we don't need to make the playoffs but like getting this experience just play these games rather than like sitting home like if you're an Atlanta fan it sucks you know you're just stuck at home right yeah. whereas you know Phoenix gets to play a couple games maybe you get a couple wins yeah I like it that's fun yeah
0: okay well I think we're gonna end it there but all right we will be back in the near future um just reacting to all the stuff that's going to go down so see you guys next week hopefully all
1: right